So this is another difficult podcast. I just finished reading a book called The Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell. And it was a very eye-opening book for me. Most of what I read was new information. And it was a difficult book to read. The book is an acknowledgement of a problem. And the problem is boys are struggling. Boys are falling behind. And boys and young men are suffering an existential crisis of meaning. Now, this is not to dismiss the problems of women. But men and women are complementary with an E. They need each other. And that means when boys do badly, everyone loses. So what's the problem? He talks about how society shames men. He gives some examples. He says both fathers-to-be and mothers-to-be strongly prefer to have a daughter. He talks about how schools punish boys for being boys. Boys are more rambunctious. They have more physical energy. They need recess, and instead they get diagnosed with ADHD and medicated with Ritalin. Boys are told from an early age that they are abusers, that they are potential rapists, that they are patriarchal oppressors. And this just shocked me. I mean, these are children, and they're being told that the problems of the world are their fault. He also talked about how we encourage boys to suffer in silence. We tell them to man up. We tell them boys don't cry. We shame them when they display emotion. We tell them not to be weak. We tell them to be strong and silent. And popular culture generally mocks and belittles fathers as dumb or useless. What's the result of this? Well, he says that men and women get depressed at equal rates, but women are smart. They ask for help. Men don't ask for help. They just commit suicide at three and a half times the rate of women. Yet very little attention is paid to the suffering and death of men. Here's a brutal statistic. 6,000 veterans commit suicide every year. That's two World Trade Centers every year. That, at least as far as I can tell, gets almost no attention. And just as we're learning that every NFL player injures his brain playing football, we're learning that every veteran comes home with some form of PTSD. Again, another statistic, 93% of the prison population, and prisons, they're rife with violence and sexual assault, is male. 93%. Again, how much attention does this get? We hear a lot about the wage gap, but very little about the death gap. Men live five years less than women, largely based on being higher risk in almost every health category, from heart attack to stroke to diabetes. But this gap also is based on men having more dangerous jobs. If you look at firefighters or people who work on oil rigs, roofers, people who work on the utility company lines, collect our garbage, 
plow our snow, fish, mine, lumberjacks. These are all almost exclusively male jobs. So why are there protests of equality about the percentage of female CEOs and not the percentage of female garbage collectors? And as for the wage gap, well, when men and women make the same choices, when they follow the same career path, women make more and are promoted faster. Again, this is not to deny the unique problems of women, but we also have to acknowledge the unique problems of men. So the result of this, men are ashamed to be men. They've lost a sense of purpose. They used to have a purpose of provide and protect. Increasingly, they don't have that. But we expect men to work hard and to sacrifice. But for what? Well, the first thing we tell them is to have a career. Now, both boys and girls are fed this line about having a career. But, in, but careers are incredibly rare. Most of us have jobs. We get paid to do something unpleasant. A job is a sacrifice. So why do men sacrifice? Why do they work hard? Well, for their families. Just as women leaving a job is often a sacrifice for their family, men having a job is often a sacrifice for their family. Men work hard. As a result, rarely see their children. But men make that sacrifice in order to give their children opportunity. He quotes a study that showed half of working fathers said they'd rather be at home with the kids, but they can't. They need to make money. Without families, men are not as willing to sacrifice, and children whose parents divorced may be more hesitant to marry and have children of their own. So now you have men who are taught to be ashamed of themselves as boys. What happens when they get out of school? Well, men have less opportunity and are falling behind. Females now are 60% of college graduates. Vocational draining, training, sorry, which is male-dominated, is on the decline. And traditional male jobs are being automated and offshored more than female jobs, like teaching and healthcare. That creates less opportunity for men. Men now earn less than women in almost every city. With less opportunity comes less chance of starting a family. Three-fourths of women will not date someone who is unemployed versus only one-third of men. So, again, we see an imbalance. Society is working hard right now to get women into the workforce and up the career ladder. That's a good thing. Wives who contribute financially have better mental health. But society needs to take care of the other side of that coin. It needs to try to get men into the home as a father. Why? Well, and this is probably the core of his argument or his, his book, children need fathers. He talks about something called dad deprivation and the devastating impact it has on sons and daughters and the father. Children without fathers do worse across the board. Almost all the school shooters came from fatherless homes. The statistics here are just Devastating. 63% of youth suicides, 71% of high school dropouts, 75% of adolescents charged with murder, 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers, 80% of rapists with anger problems, 
85% of all youths in prison and 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. And he says that these are statistics of causation, not correlation. They controlled for other factors, such as income. And I don't completely understand this, but I think, my guess, is that the chain of causality goes something like this. Dads tend to be the parent who enforces boundaries. Again, tends to be. It's not absolute. But that enforcement of boundaries allows for deferred gratification. That creates discipline. That creates the ability to stick with a problem even during when it's really boring and you just have to grind it out. But that ability creates competence, and that creates success. Without discipline, the result is an inability to stick to anything, which begets failure, which begets shame, which begets anger and resentment. So, what's the alternative? What do boys need and tend to get from their fathers? They need roughhouse play. As I said, they need their boundaries enforced. They need to explore and be allowed to take risks. They need to be pushed past their current abilities. They need male role models. And they need to be teased. Males bond through teasing and insults throughout life because men work together. And that means they have to trust each other. If you can't trust the man next to you, it's not going to work. And if he can't be teased, he can't be trusted. He talks about how it's not just boys who benefit from having dad around. They looked at daughters of teen mothers. One third of those daughters also became teen mothers. But of the daughters with a good relationship with their father, the percentage wasn't 33%. It was 0%. Now, one of the saddest, clearest takeaways from this is that, unfortunately, not all family structures are created equal. Children need both parents and marriage is on the decline. Two-thirds of the silent generation was married by the age of 32, but only one-quarter of millennials. So you have fewer marriages, and half of those marriages end in divorce. Well, what happens after divorce? Family courts are heavily biased against men, and welfare programs often specifically require the father to be absent from the home. If he's present, then the welfare goes away. Personally, I cannot imagine a stupider, more destructive policy. So where are we? Boys are taught to be ashamed. They're taught that they are disposable. They have less opportunity in the workforce, which makes it harder to start a family, and society mocks and disincentivizes their contribution in the home as a father. And without a father, both sons and daughters do much, much worse. This is a really difficult topic. It's a complex issue, and I think obviously it's controversial. The answers and solutions, they're not simple, they're not obvious. At least, they're not obvious to me. But several of his conclusions are very straightforward. Number one, don't shame boys. Number two, allow boys to act like boys. It's okay to be different. Number three, don't deprive children of their fathers. And finally, and I think this is really important, men need to support each other better. They need to be willing to ask for support. All right, that's it. As always, let me know what you think.